going to take a step of faith today towards confession. First, let's see, what does it mean to confess? If I was to say confess, probably a few things may come to your mind. Uh, maybe it's just a matter of you um, confessing to something wrong. But there's more to that word than that, really. It's either to admit or declare. Um, today we're going to talk about both aspects of what it means as a Christian to confess. Uh, both confessing to our sins and also that confession of faith that we love so very much. We're going to look at the 51st Psalm. If you want to open your Bibles to that. I'm just going to look at the first four verses, but the entire uh, chapter of Psalm 51, uh, very, very good read. And I want you to understand uh, what this is here. Some of your Bibles will have this um, heading, and some will not. But this is, uh, for the choir director, a psalm of David regarding the time Nathan the prophet came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. All right, so Nathan the prophet is coming to David. David, of course, is uh, going to write this psalm based off of his own sin that he has in his life, that he has committed uh, this adultery with Bathsheba. The first four verses of this say, Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt, purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say. And your judgment against me is just. It's justified, if you will. He is confessing here to his rebellion. Now think about that. Any time that we really sin, is it not... Um, some sort of a rebellion. Uh, sometimes sin becomes more enticing because of rebellion. If you are told you can't do something, do you not also sometimes want to do that even more? If I was to tell you today, do not go and get a candy bar. We'll say a Snickers candy bar because Mike brought that up. Now, if you're here on Wednesday night, you're immediately thinking of Ryan Childers and his candy bar habit. But we're not... Talking about you today, Ryan. But if I was to tell you, do not go out and get a Snickers candy bar today, wouldn't that be in your mind just a little bit? But why? How dare the preacher tell me what not to eat of a candy bar? And uh, I, maybe I just got to find out what's so good about it that I need to stay away from it for. Maybe, maybe not. That's what we do with our rebellion sometimes, our rebellious spirit sometimes. But the fact is, even after we might do that rebellious thing, that thing against the word of God, oftentimes later we will feel embarrassed about it. So I have to ask you today, have you ever felt embarrassed? Maybe I should say, raise your hand if you've never felt embarrassed. Please don't raise your hand because that'd probably be embarrassing. If not, it should be. It should be. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Scott had the Youth Sunday Nights. Those have just been excellent, Scott. And uh, teenagers, thank you very much for that. Looking forward to the next one, I believe. It's scheduled for the beginning of December. But uh, we, they have a, 
group time at the end of those services where the high school kids kind of get together with groups of uh, adults and uh, kind of talk about some different things involving our faith. And last, last month, the question was, beginning of this month, was, what's the most embarrassing thing? Now, I've kind of backed away from getting involved in some of these groups because I want these teen- teenagers, these high schoolers, to, to be involved with you. And Scott, uh, the same thing. We kind of just kind of observe um, the conversations that are happening. Great stuff. Quite honestly, great stuff. And I thought about this question, though, and I thought, you know, I'm getting out of this because I'm out in the group. I don't have to share my most embarrassing thing that's ever happened. So today I'm going to confess to you. Here's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me. Um, Shane, turn the camera off for a second. No? <laughs> okay, this is good. When I was in eighth grade, middle school's tough anyways, especially if you're a Duke fan living in Kentucky. Just saying, uh, that was about 1992. You know what I'm talking about if you follow basketball. Uh, but when I was in eighth grade, I uh, did something real embarrassing. And it stuck with me the rest of the year. What I did was I took a cup, one of those hard plastic cups. I probably had Pepsi Cola or something in there. And I stuck it to my chin. Huh? And I left it there for a minute until finally thinking, oh, this would be fun just to pop this thing right off of there. And I popped it off. Guess what? I had a hickey. Right? I had a hickey like this. And they didn't, no one thought I had a goatee. Right? It's just a big red hickey in the shape of a goatee. And what's really bad about it is it would not go away. It was there for a month. A month. Middle school's tough already, y'all. And that year they gave me the nickname Cupper. I wish if there would have been anything else in the world I could have thought of, like some big bully punched me or I fell. No, it was obviously in the shape of a cup. Most embarrassing thing. Uh, one of the most embarrassing things that has ever happened to me in my life. And that nickname still, to this day, to this day, some of my old middle school friends be like, hey, there's old Cupper. Embarrassing, to say the least. But really, as embarrassing as that may have been on a social type level, you know the sin in your life should be even more embarrassing. When we really have to stop and think about the rebellion that we've had against our Lord, our God, our Savior... That, to me, wow, is something just that I'm ashamed of. That, that Those sins that you have, that you knew better, but yet you still did it. Whether it's our most embarrassing moment, or whether it's the sin in our lives, I think that we today have to admit it. We have to admit it. It's like... There, there were so you type in admit it. There's a bunch of different things. This just really looked good. So I'm just saying that next week is our fall festival. Big, big, big opportunity um, for our community outreach here at our church. And if anybody knows how to make these, it might be a good opportunity to make them. Because I'm going to admit it, I would eat at least a few of these for sure. Looks like chocolate chip cookies with Oreo inside of it, right? And I, wow. I, is there anyone that can admit that they wouldn't like that? Don't, don't raise your hand. That'd be something to be embarrassed about for sure. But we have to be able to admit our sin. We have to be able to admit that we love Jesus and want to follow him. That we should be reaching for him, fishing for him. So let's admit the bad, first of all. Confess the bad in your life. We've got to be able to confess that we're sinners. 
Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, what it, let's think about what this says. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, let's just take note. Now, this excludes Jesus. Okay, just put that out there right away. But all, not some, not most of y'all, right? Not a few, but all have sinned. All have fallen short. All. That all includes me. That all includes you. That all includes everybody, everywhere, of all times, except Jesus. All of us, though, we've fallen short. We've got to be able to confess that. We've got to be able to say, you know what? I confess it. I'm a sinner. I confess it. I need the Lord. So today, I'm asking you, admit it. You're a sinner. Yes, you are. That's why we need Jesus. If you weren't a sinner, you wouldn't need Jesus. That blood of Christ that we've talked about, that covers us, we have to have it. Because you are a sinner. So admit that. Now, you should be able to admit that to anyone, quite honestly. But the most important thing that you can do is admit it to the Lord. Lord Jesus, I need you because I'm a sinner. Tell it to him. Like the song we sang about earlier today. Tell it to Jesus. You know, that, that song was written, uh, was translated uh, by a man. I believe his last name was Rankin. And he would eventually be the president of Howard University, I believe, uh, over in uh, Washington, D.C. Um, but before then, he was actually a teacher down in Warren County, Kentucky, for a year or so. And he didn't write this song. He just translated it from German, uh, German, the German language. But think about this. Tell it to Jesus. And as we went through the song today, we looked at, you could look at the different things that we could tell to Jesus. We could tell him about our troubles. We could tell him about the sadness that we have in our lives, the, the dark clouds, but also about the sin that we have in our lives. And specifically that second verse that we sang it today talked about the sin that we have in our lives that is hidden from man's eyes. The sin that we have in our lives that we don't know about. The sin that I have in my life that you don't know about. The sin that you have in your life that nobody else knows about. Man, those are dangerous, aren't they? Because those are the ones that we start to justify. Those are the ones that we start to say, no one knows about that, so it don't count. Folks, I got news for you. Jesus knows. He knows. Even if no one else on this earth today never, ever, 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 ever finds out, God knows. So what should we do? We should tell it to Jesus. I think the scripture is pretty clear. We've got to confess our sins to him. The first step of that is being able to admit that it's a sin. If you can't, you can't justify uh, whatever it is that you may have in your life right now. You can't justify that sin by any stretch of that. You can't say, well, I have to be able to do this because of. Or someone did me wrong, so now I have to. No, you do not. You cannot do that. Instead, we've got to be able to admit. And we've got to be able to tell it to Jesus. And even if you're just telling it to Jesus alone, you've got to be able to say, Lord, forgive me. 
I'm a sinner. I need you. Don't be afraid to confess the bad. And you know what? We should confess it to each other too. Why? I can't offer you forgiveness if you confess your sin to me. I can't tell you, based on Scripture, that you have to confess your sin to me. I can't do that. That would be wrong of me. That's not what the Bible says. But I can tell you that when you confess your sin to me as a friend or to each other as a friend, what does that now do? That makes us accept the fact, admit the fact that this is something I struggle with. This makes it accountability partner. It makes us be able to work through these things together. So I think it's important that we do confess our sins to each other. That we do. We might not be able to offer that forgiveness, but we can sure strengthen and encourage each other to go forward and put that sin behind us. Folks, that's what church family is all about. That group effort. Take advantage of that group effort. But something else that we should most certainly do as a group is be able to confess the good. That good confession, that confession of faith, that's just like the best thing to hear, isn't it? When you hear someone come up and say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I, I take him, or I have taken him as my Savior. Talk about membership so very often here uh, lately for, for our church. And if you've been baptized... If you've been baptized, then that's all you have to do for us to tell us about uh, your faith in Christ. For us to say, hey, you're a member here. Because this right here is the most important things that you can ever, ever say in your life. I believe. I believe in Jesus. Matthew 16, 16, Jesus said, Peter, who do you think I am? And Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And upon that, upon that confession of faith. Is the rock that Christ would build his church on. We can also look at Philippians chapter 2, 10 and 11. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I love that song today uh, we sang, He is Lord. Uh, the other one we also sang... Uh, that mentioned this verse right here. This verse is mentioned throughout the scripture. So today, like every single day of our lives, Christians, here's what I think we need to do. Admit it. Jesus is Lord. Admit it. Now, when we, when we admit that, what does that mean? Does that just mean us coming up here and confessing? I believe that Jesus is Lord. No, that means we've got to live that statement right there. We've got to live it every day of our lives. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that means that you've got responsibility now to live that life for Him, to live that life full of love and compassion, to live that life as Jesus would have us live it, to be a Christian every day. Why? Because we gladly choose Jesus. It's the other part that song said, we gladly choose you now. Not we're forced not because we had to, not because mom said so, but because we know that Jesus truly is the Son of God and that he paid it all for you and for me. Jesus paid it all. Another song we sang today was written in 1865 by Elvina M. Hall, and the music was written by uh, John T. Grape. Now, this was over in Baltimore uh, at a, a Methodist church there in uh, the city. Obviously, many, many years ago. 
It's a good story. Though. I couldn't even find pictures of these, uh, these two. But this is a great story. Because what happened that day, uh, John T. Grape was the organist. Elvina was the, uh, one of the folks singing in the choir. All right? And she's sitting there singing in the choir that day. And the preacher got up to pray. And he prayed forever. He prayed for a long, 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 long time. Now, has anyone ever sat through a prayer that's really gone on a little bit longer than maybe it should? Please don't raise your hand now. But I think that we could all probably admit, I said not to raise your hand. <laughs> I think we could all probably admit, we could all probably confess that that has probably happened at some point in our lives, correct? Well, on this day particularly, I can tell you, um, I've sat through them, okay? I've sat through them. Uh, on this day, the preacher's prayer went on and on and on. And as he was praying, um, Elvina had some lyrics come to her head, some words, a poem that she would later entitle, Jesus Paid It All. The problem being, she didn't have any paper on her. As the prayer went on and on, she did have a pen. She just opened up her hymnal. And this little first page here, there's nothing on it. And she wrote out the words right there, ripped it out, and handed it to the preacher afterwards, who evidently giggled at her for her mischievous ways, um, but gladly accepted the poem that she had written because he felt that it was very well written. Unbeknownst to Elvina, earlier in the week, John Grape, the church organist, had written some music and thought that the music might go good to a hymn if the pastor ever wanted to write some words to it. And he had handed the music to the preacher. The preacher kind of looked at one, looked at the other, and realized that day that they fit together perfectly. That might be a God thing. That might be a God thing. But see, here's the most important thing. Is that day as Elvina sat in that choir, and the preacher kind of went on and on. And she started thinking... You know, the least I could do is sit here and pay closer attention to this prayer. I'm not having to give much. I'm not having to pay anything. In fact, Jesus paid it all. Think about that for a minute, y'all. Why do we want to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is our Savior, that we need to follow him all the way? Because Jesus paid it all. You didn't have to pay anything. All you had to do is believe. All you have to do is behave like you believe. And that price has been paid because Jesus paid it all. Now, there's a reality to that, I think, that we also should confess. So we know that we've got to confess our sins. We know that we need to confess that Jesus is Lord. But now let's also confess that reality. Jesus, I still need you in my life. This wasn't a one-time thing where I came and I believed and now I'm good to go forever. I still need Jesus. And you know what? It's embarrassing, but I gladly admit it. I gladly admit it today. I need Jesus because I still fall short. Man, I don't want to. My desire is to follow him and to never, ever, ever mess up. But I still fall short. So what do we got to do when that happens? We've got to get back on that right path. We've got to be able to admit to ourselves, to confess that I still need Jesus and follow him. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us 
our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Think about this verse for a second. Let's, let's contemplate on this. If we confess our sins to him. Number one, we should have done that the day that we accepted Jesus. I'm a sinner. I accept you, Lord, because it's the only way. Number two, in our lives, as we go forward, we know that if we confess, that means that we are admitting, okay, I messed up here or there, and that helps us to steer back on that path of righteousness. But I want, to, I want us to make sure we understand what this is saying, though. See, we have confessed our sins. We have confessed that we are a sinner. And when we mess up, we should continue to confess. But what about if you didn't know that you messed up? Maybe you really were hateful today, or you did something that you uh, shouldn't have done. Maybe you didn't recognize it right away, and maybe you won't recognize it for another week or so. When you do recognize that, I think that you should confess, Lord, forgive me for that. But, let's, let's make sure we know what this means. What if you forget to say, I'm sorry? Folks, trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. Because if we, if we really think about this, we could find ourselves continuously walking around in our lives like this. Lord, please forgive me for my sin. 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 Everywhere we went. Because, folks, if you didn't do that, if you didn't, would it be worth it? Would it be worth the risk? What if? Because remember, just one sin in our lives and we're lost. Just one. Just one. Think about that. But have no fear. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. But now let's make sure we understand what this means even further. Because it most certainly does not mean that if we have something that we know that we shouldn't do in our lives, that we can say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and do that now. I'm going to go ahead and steal that candy bar now, and I'll just ask for forgiveness later. I'm covered. Absolutely not what this verse means. What it means is that we are saying, I know I'm a sinner. Lord, help me not to sin ever. And thank you so much for forgiving me whenever I do. We confess our sins. Why? Because we want to stay on that path of righteousness. Sometimes we start to steer off. And here's where we can really get in trouble. If we start to steer off that path, but we don't admit it. When we start to steer off that path and we start to go astray and we justify it. Well, I, this isn't wrong. This feels good, so this can't be wrong. Oh, man, don't even get me started on that. Folks, just because you want something, don't make it right. We start to steer off that path, though, and start to say, you know what? This is okay after all. And the next thing you know, we're lost again. So what do we do? We have to be able to admit it. Lord, I'm a sinner. I know what I'm doing is wrong. Help me to get back on that right path. Don't go off that path. Don't justify your sins. And be able to do this. Admit it. We always need Jesus. The day that you accepted Jesus Christ as the Son of the living God and the only way of salvation, that day is the day that you said, I always need him. Not just today. Not just this once, but always, every single day. 
And for us to be an everyday Christian every day, we've got to be able to admit that we need him every hour of every day. Another great hymn that we didn't sing today. But what we did sing was the song, Without Him. Because without Jesus, we're nothing. Without Him, we're lost. Without Him, we're not covered. Without Jesus, we have no salvation. This song was written by Mylon Lefebvre. 17 years old. In the army. Kind of started to drift away a little bit. His family was uh, famous gospel singers. And when he wrote this song. And the story goes that uh, uh, he had a, a weekend off. Uh, and he hitchhiked across the country to get to Tennessee, I believe. Where his family was having one of their concerts. And um, that day, he got up and sang the song without him. And in the crowd that day was a, a famous singer by, I think you probably know this guy. Uh, by the name of Elvis Presley, who then got with Mylon Lefebvre afterwards and said, I really like that song. This is the 60s. This is one of our old hymns that really isn't that old. But when we look at the words to this hymn, and we realize that Jesus paid it all, and we realize that we've got to confess our sins, and we realize that we've got to confess that Jesus is Lord, and we realize then that without Him we are nothing, Boy, it really hits home. And I hope that it does hit home. Let's confess the reality today that without Christ, we are nothing. So then, if you confess, what happens if you confess? Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But now, what if you confess with your mouth? If you believe in your heart. What does this mean, though? Again, let's be real. This doesn't just mean saying, I believe. See, when we confess, when we admit, that's not just words. That's from the heart. When we confess our sins, that's not just saying, I confess my sin, but I'm going to do it again. That's saying, I'm confessing that this is a sin, and i got to stay away from it. When we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that's not just our mouth. That's coming straight from our heart. And what is it saying? It's saying I'm going to do my best every single day of my life to follow Jesus, to behave, to show my faith in action and attitude, to have the kind of behavior that matches my beliefs. It says I'm going to do my best every day to obey him. Obey him. Trust and obey. There's no other way. To be happy in Jesus and to trust and obey. Part of trusting him means trusting the assurance that he gives us of our salvation. Part of trusting him means trusting him to tell him that we're sorry when we fall short. Part of obeying is when we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. We believe in Jesus. And what do we do next? Folks, if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you believe that he is the son of the living God and you're ready today to take him as your savior, then today this baptistry is waiting for you. Today. Not tomorrow, not next week, not a year from now. Today. 
That's the next step. When we believe in your heart, when we believe in our heart, we follow that plan that is laid out for us in Scripture. Confess. We repent. We're baptized. And if you believe in your heart, you live a life of Christianity. We live a life that says, I follow Jesus. We live a life that says, without Jesus, I know I'm lost. But with him, I know I'm saved. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this time we have today. Lord, we confess that we're sinners. Help us, Lord, to stay on the path of righteousness. To stay away from that sin in our lives. To stay away from anything that is against your will. Lord, even more importantly, we confess that you are our Lord. Lord, we believe it in our hearts. We know it to be true. Help us to live a life now that exemplifies that. Lord, we thank you so very much for giving us your son that paid it all for us. We know, Lord, that without him, we are nothing. And we know that with him, we've got a friend that we can tell it to. Thank you for being our Savior, Lord Jesus. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we now pray. Amen.